0: Good afternoon. It's turned out to be a beautiful day, hasn't it? I appreciate so much that you all have taken time out of your busy schedules to come and enjoy a spiritual thought here at noon, and I hope this week you'll be blessed as a result of coming to these meetings. And I'd like to emphasize what Brother Claudio said about the cards. I want to just emphasize what he said. Please fill these out and turn these in because we do want to be here for anyone who may have questions about spiritual things. So, if you would, take a few moments during this meeting, if you have time, to fill that out and turn that in at the end. As was said in the introduction, my name is Pastor Mark Swearingen, and I am a pastor in the Carolina Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. I've been there for two years, and I currently pastor at the Hickory Seventh-day Adventist Church. It's probably got about 350 members on the books, but you know how that works. Usually, the membership that is actually active is, is less than that, but... My wife and I, Sarah, live in the Conover area, which is about 15 miles east of Hickory. And we have three children, Abigail, who's five, uh, Jonathan, a son, who's three, and then our little girl, Samantha, who's 18 months. And as you can imagine, we have our work cut out for us with our children. But I hope to be with you this week and and really try to be a blessing to you. Uh, I don't presume to present any new mind-blowing theology to you. But I do want to speak very simply and practically to you this week, and hopefully through these meetings we will be encouraged to surrender ourselves more completely to our Lord and Savior so that He can really use us where we are at. By the grace of God, we're going to talk today about a message that I've given the title Love with a Risk, Love with a Risk, and you may have heard similar messages to this in your travels. Um, I've heard different messages and studied different texts and and meditated upon this subject for a a while. Maybe some of the things that I will share with you today might be review, but it's always good to have a review on some of these things so that we are refreshed in our experience. But I hope to to develop the thought today, love with a risk. And I want to pose a question to begin this uh, meeting today. As you look at your life and your temperament, and your character, would you classify yourself as a risk taker? Have you ever taken risks? You know, when I look at my marriage, and I look at my wife and I, I would say out of the two of us, my wife is more of a risk taker than I am. And I will tell you that my experience in life has made me a very cautious person. I'm very methodical and calculated in making decisions. Very rarely do I do things that are a spur-of-the-moment action. And there have been many things that have happened in my life that have kind of made me this way. I can remember growing up in southern Maine years ago, you know, when it was winter out, we used to get the snowmobile out. And I can remember one winter running the snowmobile into a tree trunk. And as a result, I never, ever set my body on a snowmobile again. There was another occasion when I was in high school when a bunch of friends of mine and I, we went to this motorcycle pit during the summer and we drove motorcycles and three-wheelers through this pit. And of course, three-wheelers are now, I think, outlawed and they have four-wheelers currently. But, but my friend let me ride his three-wheeler and I had no training on that and so I went crazy and just sat on this thing and just drove it all over the place. And I came around this sharp turn at one point, and I couldn't negotiate the turn, and I flew off the side of the road into, into a deep ditch, and the, and the three-wheeler actually flipped over with me on it and landed right on its wheels. And I, looking, looking back now, I know that God you know, preserved me in that, but I never got on a three-wheeler again. I can remember when I looked for my... Well, that's a later story. I'll I'll get back to that later. But, uh, but there are many risks at times that we take in life, and to a great degree, our experience develops and 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 moves us as to whether or not we like taking risks or not. But you know, as I look at life and as you look at life, I think we would both agree that some risks are necessary. Would you agree with that? Amen. I know you're eating lunch, but you can actually, amen. I don't come from such a conservative church that you can't say amen, all right? But I think that some risks in life are absolutely necessary. Even if we're not comfortable taking those risks, some are necessary. I can remember when I became a Seventh-day Adventist Christian. I was not raised a Seventh-day Adventist. No one in my family was a Seventh-day Adventist. None of my friends were Seventh-day Adventists. And in making that decision, I was risking alienating everyone around me, which would include my family and friends. But I made the decision. I can remember also feeling convicted a few years ago to publish a book on Daniel chapter 11. And I took a great risk in publishing this book and putting it out in the public arena for for people in in the theological circles to take this book and look at it and, and attack it from angles and and weigh it out. And, and you know, anytime you put your, your thoughts and your views in a public arena, you open them to criticism. That's a risk. I can remember finding my biological father in, in 2003 and, and initiating contact with him. I had not seen him in 35 years. I took a risk that he would reject me. And thankfully it worked out. But friends, some risks in life are necessary. Now when you look at God, do you think God is a risk taker? I would agree, Brother Raymond, I would agree. I would submit to you today that, and and we could argue that God has taken many risks, but I would submit to you today that God has taken two monumental risks in the history of redemption. And what I would like to do for the remainder of our meeting is develop those two aspects and try to bring this home today that we might really consider our standing with God. Now, I want to turn, for those of you who have your Bibles with you, let's go to the Gospel of John chapter 1. I want to look at John chapter 1. This is a text that, that for those of us who, who understand the Bible and who have studied the Bible, we've looked at this many times. And even though this text doesn't directly bring out these two risks that I want to talk to you about, I think if we read between the lines, we can glean these two thoughts that I want to share with you as far as God being a risk taker. Now, in John chapter 1, verse 1, we're going to read the first three verses, we're going to jump down to verse 10 and then to verse 14, and then I want to share a few things with you. John chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the word... And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. And then when you go down to verse 10, it says, He was in the world, and the world was made by Him, and the world knew Him not. And then finally verse 14 And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now here we find an exposition that basically says that Christ is God, Christ is our Creator, and Christ became incarnate. Alright, would you agree with that conclusion? Very simple, right? Well, I want to focus on two of those aspects and relate this to God being a risk taker. The first thing I want to emphasize is that Jesus, in this text, two different times, is called our creator. The Bible teaches ever so clearly that Jesus created the universe. He hung the worlds in space. He spake and it was done, he commanded and it stood fast, etc., but did you know that when you look at creation, creation itself is a risk? Now let me explain. I'm sure when, when Christ was considering creating the universe, he desired to populate the heavens and the earth with angelic beings and with human beings. All right. Now, in doing so, He desired that what I would call this intelligent creation would give him worship as the creator. But he did not want worship that was robotically and mechanically given. He desires worship that is freely and intelligently given. Right? And so when Jesus created, he was faced with a redemptive dilemma. He wanted the worship of his creation... But he did not want that mechanically, which means that he must give free moral agency. Right? You're hungry, or are you are you with me? All right, just check it. And so Jesus, in this dilemma, said, "Look, I love my creation. I want their worship and their adoration, but I don't want it to be given." Mechanically, they need to be able to choose to give it back to me freely. And so, in doing so, God took a risk. Because at some point, someone somewhere could choose to rebel. And we know through the history of redemption that Satan, who was created Lucifer, by the way, chose to rebel. He led one third of the angels. And of course, Our first parents, Adam and Eve, chose to rebel and we find ourselves in this sin-cursed planet. But God took a tremendous risk, brothers and sisters, in giving free will, free moral agency to intelligent creation. And so, as this text describes Christ as the creator, you can see and glean from that that God took a risk in doing so. Now, what's interesting, and and this is kind of a healthy tangent, when you look at the Sabbath, the reason why we venerate the Sabbath as Seventh-day Adventists, as part of God's law, is because when you really look at the redemptive element of the Sabbath, you should consider this. When Jesus went forward to create, He knew ahead of time what would happen, even though He did not manipulate events to turn out that way. And yet, Christ still chose... To go forward with creation knowing that He would go to a cross. There is the redemptive element of the Sabbath. And that should be emphasized more in our evangelistic efforts. Because when you see the Christ-centered aspect of the Sabbath and you look at it that way, and you look at it as a weekly reminder of how Jesus made the decision to create, knowing ahead of time that He was signing His own death warrant, then we would look at the Sabbath and at Christ in a whole different light. Now, this first great risk of giving free will to creation and the fact that sin entered the the human experience specifically here on this planet, that necessitated another risk to meet the first challenge of sin. And that was Jesus becoming incarnate. I don't know if we've considered this before, but did you know that that when God gave Jesus to take human nature, He was also taking a great risk. Because Jesus had free will as a human being. And the entire plan of redemption hinged upon whether or not Christ would exercise choice to be faithful as a human being. And remember, He used no divinity to assist Himself in His faith walk. So you can imagine the risk that that was involved in Jesus taking human nature because if he had sinned even once in thought, the entire plan of redemption would have collapsed and sin would have been eternalized in the universe of God. So God took a risk. Can you imagine Jesus as a helpless babe? Desire of Ages 49 brings that out. God allowed Jesus to become incarnate at the risk of failure and eternal loss. That is a tremendous concept to consider. Isaiah 9 verse 6 says that a son is given unto us. You know, unto us a son is given, unto us a child is born, etc. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, that text says. Jesus carried the weight of the security of the universe upon his shoulders. And that is a tremendous risk that God took. Because the future security of, of the universe was at stake. This was an incredible risk, brothers and sisters. But thankfully, Jesus was victorious in this great enterprise. The risk paid off. He fought off Satan in the wilderness of temptation, despite fasting for nearly six weeks. Right? He fought off the forces of darkness through the horror of Gethsemane, choosing the cup of the cross and not deliverance from angelic legions at his disposal. Right? When he was on the cross and he endured the dark chasm or chasm or however you say it. I'm not a medical student like many of you. But he endured the blackness of the second death. The the spiritual equivalent of the second death. This broad chasm that sin had created. And after he cried, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He still died a conqueror of faith. Jesus endured all of that. And then of course he endured the darkness of the tomb by resurrecting from an unresurrectable death. Because remember, the second death is a death from which there is no resurrection, but Jesus resurrected from that. And not only that, He self-resurrected, and that's a whole other subject. But the point is, is that this great risk paid off. God accomplished through Christ the plan of redemption, taking the risk of creation and the risk of of the incarnation which led to our salvation. And through Jesus' victory, God has provided an eternal safeguard around His created universe. Now, what does all this mean to us right now? What does this mean to us right now? Well, first, through His act of creation, Jesus has provided us with free moral agency. We are free moral agents to choose, friends. In, in essence, we can determine our own eternal destiny by our choices. And I'm not talking about big choices. I'm talking about every day we are developing character through the choices that we make throughout the day. And we must remember that character is not built in a day. It's built brick by brick, choice by choice, hour by hour, day by day, etc. I mean, you went to, you're going to school, many of you. You can't cram for a final exam the night before. Right? You've got, to, you've got to make, well, some of you may, right? But, but, you know, you get a good grade when you keep up with the work, amen? Right? It's the same thing in spiritual matters. We've got, to, we've got to continue to make choices consistently because character is not developed in a crisis necessarily. It's revealed. But it's developed brick by brick, choice by choice. And see, through creation, God has given us the gift of free moral agency. And he was willing to provide us this privilege at a great risk. Because he risked that we might choose to rebel against him. Now there's a human parallel to this when we have kids. And and we worry about how our children are going to end up. I mean we take a risk, right? We risk not only their health when they're they're born and they they grow up. But we also worry about what kind of people they're going to turn into when they grow up. That's a risk. But yet we're willing to take that risk because we we wanted to have at least, you know, we, we love our children. Let me put it that way. But you understand where I'm coming from, right? You understand? But brothers and sisters, God took a great risk in giving us free will. I always tell my kids, look, you don't have to be the best behaved children in church, but you don't have to be the worst either. You know. Now, this leads us to a second thought. Through the Incarnation, God purposed to handle the sin problem. This was a revelation of incomprehensible love that culminated at Calvary. Christ made Himself vulnerable, incredibly vulnerable on the cross. He basically revealed His true feelings. Think of it. You know, years ago I lived over in Glendale. California. I lived there from 91 to 95. And I worked at a health club in Glendale, Bally's Health and Tennis. And there was this particular woman that that would come there to work out. And I began to develop feelings for this woman. Over time, these feelings strengthened to the point where I knew I had to say something to her. I, I just couldn't keep it bottled in anymore. But I wondered, you know, how will she respond But I I said to myself, look, this this is worth the risk. I have to share how I feel. So I will never wonder what if years later. So eventually one day I mustered up the strength to go to her and to share my feelings. And so I did. And she got upset. (laughs) She railed at me and, 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 and I'm telling you, it ruined our friendship. She wouldn't talk to me anymore. I felt rejected. My heart was trampled on. But I knew the risk was worth it because I had to share how I felt in case there was a chance. Right? Why is that funny? Are you having a laugh at my expense? All right. But you know what? Think about what God does and how often He's trampled like that. And think about him revealing Jesus, making himself vulnerable, right? And how often do we trample over that great, great sacrifice? Well, thankfully, years later, I met a girl and after I became a Seventh-day Adventist, and you probably know where I'm going with this. I, I had met my future wife, and, and again, the feelings came back. I was a little gun-shy because my heart had been broken. But, you know, God is never gun-shy because God has been trampled... Infinitely, it seems, but yet he's always pursuing. Always. Never gives up. He's never discouraged. Even though he's heartbroken and hurt, I'm sure, at times when, when people, obviously, when people reject him, but he still is persistently pursuing. Well, the feelings for this young lady were growing in my heart, and I, I went to a friend of mine and I said, Brother, look, I have feelings for this girl, but I don't know what to do. And he said, Well, huh, tell her. And I said, Well, I, you know, I, I've been rejected before. Well, listen, you know, you'll never know unless you, you, you try and let the chips, you know, trust in God, let him work it out because he knows what's best for you. And so through a series of events, I began to reveal my feelings to her and, and praise the Lord, she responded. And I, I, was, I married that girl. All right. But friends, you can understand the spiritual parallel, right, on how. God has laid his heart on the line. He's laid out his true feelings. And every one of us has true religious liberty. We need to praise the Lord we live in this country and have the freedom to worship because there are some countries. Of course, we know from prophecy that's going to be overturned in the very near future. And by the way, it's happening. We need to be aware. And we need to stand up for religious liberty if we have a chance. But nevertheless, God has given us religious liberty. It's a God-given right. And every one of us has the freedom to choose whether or not to respond to what God has already done for us. You with me? I mean, this isn't mind-blowing theology. I'm not here to tickle your intellect. You could teach me. But I am here to talk to your heart. And you have to ask yourself this morning, in this moment of time, where your heart really is. Do you think it's a risk to follow God? Maybe in some human way it is. But you know what? I think of Wisam, a friend of mine from Southern who who came from a, a Muslim country. And he spoke Arabic as well as English. And I remember... Meeting Wisam and hearing his testimony about how he became a Seventh-day Adventist and 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 how he took a great risk in making that decision because his family turned against him. And in fact, he was stoned three different times and survived and had to have plastic surgery because he took a risk in following Jesus. And we think it's a great risk because God requires us to surrender self. Shame on us. I'll never forget my former supervisor in Carolina did an evangelistic series in Cuba. I was sharing this story with a devotional group last night, but he held a one-week evangelistic series in Cuba, and, and as, he, uh, as he was preparing for the first meeting, the pastor came up to him and said, make an altar call tonight. And he said, well, pastor, I don't know these people. They don't trust me. I can't make a call. And he said, well, listen, you've got to make a call. So that night he made a call, and several people came forward. And the pastor came up after and said, we're going to baptize those people this next Sabbath coming up. Well, wait a minute. They've still got to learn some things before they're baptized. Pastor or John, let me share with you what ha- what the reality of this situation. When they go home tonight, you know, the, the authorities already know what they've done. They're going to lose their home possibly. They're going to lose their meal, you know, their ration cards, their vehicles. Uh, they might get thrown into prison. They may even be tortured and some may even be killed. But they took a risk in coming forward because they wanted to follow Jesus all the way. You see, friends, it is worth the risk. And really, it's really not a risk. The risk is in not doing it because we are risking eternal death. And so, I want you to really think about your life right now. Where is your heart? Seriously. Look at the risks God has taken for you and I. But again, He enlightens us, He convicts us, but then He leaves us free to choose. The question is whether or not you will choose even right now to surrender your life entirely to God. God wants all of your heart. He wants a complete surrender of your heart and life to Him. He will not accept divided service. So as you consider the risks that God has taken for you this morning, this afternoon, will you make a commitment To surrender yourself entirely to Him. That's the monumental question that every soul needs to work through. So the question is will you make that commitment? Will you choose to respond to your Creator who gave you free moral agency and your incarnate Redeemer who took human nature to accomplish your salvation? And in that act, is trying to win back your choice. Will you make that commitment? You know, as you look at this card, hopefully you fill filled that out. If you, as you look at this card, if you take that out for just a moment, I'd like to just make an appeal to you this morning, or this afternoon. Hopefully you filled out your name and all the information on the bottom. And, um, but as you look at this card, and as you consider the decisions that God is calling you to make. I'd like to just take a moment in closing to review these points here just for a minute and give you an opportunity to check how you want to respond to God. That top box there says, I would like more information on today's subject. If that is the desire of your heart, please, I don't know that I can give you much more information, but we can certainly sit down and dialogue about the themes that I've presented today, if you so desire. So if that's the desire of your heart, please check that. Also, the second one there says, I am interested in joining a Bible study group. I know that this restoration ministry on this campus is very interested in following up on those who have an interest in studying the Bible. So if that's your desire, please check that. And also, there's a line there that that is available to you if you have any specific subjects that you'd like to study, you'd like to focus on. Please feel free to write those in, on that line. Also, that third one says, I want to surrender my life to Christ publicly by being baptized or rebaptized. There may be some in this room right now who God is calling to make that commitment. And let me tell you something I'm an evangelist at heart. I'm not a pastor, I I'm not gifted as a pastor. I'm in pastoring because it's best for my family. But I'm an evangelist at heart, and man, I love going. For the souls of people in front of me concerning baptism, as you can imagine. But if there is someone in here, and maybe there are several of you that need to make this commitment, I pray by the grace of God that you will make this commitment. Don't put it off because we're not guaranteed tomorrow. So please make that commitment. And then finally, I have a prayer request. Um, If you have a, a particular prayer burden on your heart, please feel free to write that on the back and we will do our best to, to pray for this request. And if you need to, we can meet with you and pray with you together in person and help you to lift up this prayer request before God. I also want to say in closing that I'm here this week and I'm not some brilliant, intelligent man, but I am here at your service this week if you need to talk about anything or meet with me. or I'm here to serve. So if you'd like to chat or come to me and talk about anything, I want you to know that I'm here And I'd be willing to chat with any one of you if you have a desire to do that. But I pray above all things, friends, given what we've discussed this morning, I pray that we will respond to the great risks that God has taken so that we can live forever with Him in the sinless society that awaits us. But it starts with our choice. And by the grace of God, may we all choose right now to surrender ourselves completely to our Creator and to our Redeemer. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank You so much for blessing us abundantly above all that we could ask or think. And Father, I thank You for each person in here today. And Lord, I I do want to pray for forgiveness if I've introduced any trifling thoughts that have caused us to not contemplate the great themes that we've presented today as you would have us to. But Lord, I do know that I want to be personable because I know that Jesus was himself. And so Lord, may these illustrations that we've used today connect our hearts together. And Father, again, as I've prayed and and, and mentioned, I just pray that all of us in this room have made a decision today to be close to you, to be surrendered to you, to be used by you on this campus and in our workplace, in our homes, and in our families. I just pray, Lord, that the Holy Spirit would rest upon us and that the angels of God would mark down our commitments and hold us to those commitments. And by your grace, Lord, may many a soul in this room check the baptism appeal. We want to see souls went into your kingdom. And so by your grace, Lord, multiply And give the increase. Keep us as we go out these doors now. And and go through the rest of our day. May these thoughts continue to resonate in our minds. May the great themes of redemption. Be the subject in the meditation of our hearts and minds. Keep us safe and bless us until we meet again. In Jesus name. Amen.